pail of water and some used mops and everything else. It's just it's luxurious here here at our studios at Coors Field. This is the cleanest podcast in baseball, right here. <laughs> Welcome back to the On the Rocks podcast at Denver Post. I'm Nick Groke here with Patrick Saunders. Patrick, we're uh, we're back in the janitor's closet. I love this place. Yeah, our, our home away from home here at Coors Field. We have there's a, uh, an addition here. We actually have a uh, pail of water and some used mops and everything else. It's just it's luxurious here here at our studios at Coors Field. This is the cleanest podcast in baseball, right here. Uh, let's let's jump right in. Let's talk about Walt Weiss. Uh, he has a contract that ends this year uh it's kind of an elephant in the room a little bit this season uh he has said that he's not concerned with a contract extension at this point his boss jeff breidich has basically said the same thing he's not thinking about it right now at all i find it hard to believe that nobody's thinking about it because we are at least thinking about it i think fans are thinking about it it's strange to have a manager in a contract year without at least uh at least a discussion at some point about what the future might hold um but let's let's maybe before we get into his future let's let's maybe um jump back what how has he done this year in your eyes i've seen a couple of different things with walt weiss this year but let me let me ask you first um have you seen anything different from him i think he's a little bit a little bit more not on edge but a little bit a little bit tougher this season. The way he the way he talks about his his team is a little bit more curt. Um, I I think that I think this is a good thing. But let me get your what what have you seen generally from from Walt Weiss this year? I I seen a little bit of that. The thing about Walt is we're never going to see him throw a player under the bus. Fans clamor all the time. They want Walt to lay down the hammer. He's simply never going to do it. It's not who he is as a person or his style. I've seen a little bit of edge in him. Um, the other things I've seen, I think it's been pleasant to see him be able to work a little bit better with the bullpen, do some matchups, uh, whether that's by him or Tommy Reynolds or uh, Steve Foster. But I think he's done a little bit better job with that. Uh, one of the things that I think annoys fans and truthfully annoys me a little bit uh, is the base running. Walt is so into push the envelope, push the envelope, and I think that's great, but if I'm not mistaken, the Rockies have been thrown out trying to steal more than any team in baseball. We've seen the real gaffes, uh, DJ LeMahieu first and then Gerardo Parr the other night. Um, to me, guys have a little bit too much carte blanche sometimes on this team. Uh, I think there should be a few, maybe a few more consequences. I'm not talking about benching them or something. And we don't know everything that goes on behind closed doors, but sometimes I wish there was a little more toughness in Walt than we've seen. Um, the players still respect him. They still like him. Uh, but sometimes I think uh, this club needs a little firmer hand. Yeah, and I because I get this question a lot as well. Uh, you know, why you know why isn't Walt Weiss held accountable for a guy running into an out at third base? Well, it's not his job. He's not running into an out at third base. Is players who do it, and if you don't know how to not do that at the major league level, then somebody at some point didn't teach you well, or you just forgot. Whatever things happen, right. but it's not really on the manager necessarily. But the thing that I think that he's a little—I feel like he's a little bit more defensive this year. This is just a just an impression, a little more defensive 
of his players this year. I, he's always been a players manager, but I think I think he legitimately likes this team. And I think that he when when things have not gone well for them this year, I think he's a little bit quicker and a little bit more curt to defend them. To defend the team. Because right. Okay, I because, can see that because he does like this team. They're better they're a better baseball team than they were last year. He does. I think he likes the hustle. I think he likes the makeup of the team. Um, I don't think the loss of Tulowitzki, Walt would never say this because he was a Tulo fan, but I think that's marked a big difference in this team. I think that's a welcome uh, change for Walt. Uh, so all of those things have me tend to agree with you that he does get a little bit defensive when we in the media, whoever, criticize. Uh, you know, speaking about Walt personally, I don't think Walt cares a whole lot about if people criticize his in-game tactics very much. But he has told me in the past, the one thing that ticks him off to no end is when people criticize him for saying he was a high school manager. Yeah, yeah. He hates that yeah. because, and he'll be quick to tell you, listen, I played the game 14 years. I played for Tony La Russa and Bobby Cox. I was in the front office here for many years. I know the game. And it ticks him off when people say, oh, you were just a high school manager at Regis who the Rockies hired on the cheap. Uh, Walt, Walt go to blows with you over that one. He was doing the civic duty. He was teaching yes. kids how to play baseball. Yeah, Come on, I, give, him, I, give a guy a break. I agree. I think that that's people just use it as a lame excuse because they don't understand the game when they say that. And the the one thing that the Rockies have with Walt Weiss is he he has short of Dick Monfort the the among the longest tenure with this team in their history. He's been between being a player, like you said, an, an assistant, a front office guy. And now a manager, he he knows this team, the city, the ballpark, m- more than maybe anybody. I can, I don't know if I can think of anybody who no, has a longer. You're right, but the, the opposite side of that is, and all of that's true. And I'm very fond of Walt, uh, and I think he gets maybe too much blame given the talent he's had to work with. But it's the same old story with the Rockies. We talk about, well, they've been around this team so long. Well, part of me thinks. You know what? It's a time to get a little f- f- new blood in here. And I'm not talking about can Walt Weiss and bring somebody else in, but sometimes, and I've been on record saying this forever, I think sometimes this organization's far too insulated. Yeah. It's too much hire everybody you know. Uh, if Walt doesn't come back, you know, maybe this club, maybe this organization could use a shakeup, somebody from the outside. Right. Right. No, exactly. Although, and I, I, I ran across something that was really fascinating to me this season um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the L.A. Dodgers are here, their first series of the season at Coors Field. Uh, their first-year manager, Dave Roberts, they win a 12-10 game. There's 10 runs scored between the teams in the, in the eighth and ninth innings. It was ridiculous. It was stupid baseball. Uh, Dave Roberts, after the game, said that every time he has left Denver – in his career, either as a player, as an as a coach, whatever it is, he always on on the bus from Coorsfield to the airport. He always collapses out of exhaustion, and he meant it like really sincerely, like because playing baseball here is completely taxing, and he only has to play three games at a time. What Weiss has to manage eighty one games here in a season. So the next day, I asked Clint Hurdle, who's been a manager for the Rockies, right. and he's now a visiting manager with the Pirates. The Pirates are here. I said. I asked Clint Hurdle, I said, you know, Dave Roberts collapses out of exhaustion. What, how do you, is it, you've had to 
you've worked both sides. You've worked both dugouts. What is it like now coming back as a visiting manager? He said, coming back to play three games or four games here is the easiest thing in the world. And what he meant was, at least I don't have to do it 81 games in a season. It's crazy. And this is something that it that I think managers know maybe sometimes more than fans. Just what a long haul it is to manage the Rockies in Denver. But one thing, and and this sort of led to this series uh, that the the this road trip that the Rockies were on on the West Coast. First time they've ever won, finished above 500 on a 10 game in division road trip in their in their 24 year history between Arizona, San Diego. In San Francisco, they finished six and four. I'm getting to the point here in a second. Okay. Uh, so it was a very successful road trip. They'd never done that before. In the final game, their five. The, so they're, 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 they they had guaranteed themselves a, at least a five hundred right. road trip. In the final game, Eddie Butler pitches. He leaves after six innings. Walt Weiss knows that he has to come back for a home stand against the Diamondbacks and the Mets. Normally, I think he's looking forward to that series where he's he's already working his bullpen in the San Francisco game, preparing it for a home with an eye toward the next home game. With with an eye toward knowing that he needs he's going to need to a bunch of relief pitchers because it's always the case at Coors Field. But instead of saving maybe some arms in that San Francisco game, he went for it. He he played matchups. He used he used Carlos Estevez. He went all the way through to do. I think he went all out to steal a game in San Francisco, kind of like be damned, like homestand be damned. Let's win this game. Let's win a game in division on the. I kind of like that. Now, I don't know because he's talked in he's talked in the past about needing to win, sometimes to sacrifice a battle to win the war. Right. I think he went to. I think he tried to win the battle on that one. And I, I don't. I, do you think. I think you mentioned this because they have a better bullpen. I think it's allowed him to be more aggressive as a manager, not just the bullpen, but on, but with pinch hitting, how he, how he juggles a pinch hitter, how he juggles just the daily lineup. I think it's allowed him to be a little bit more like he would want to manage. Oh, in other words, like a more normal, like a more, yeah, exactly. No, I think that's true. I think that's true. The one thing I know that, that still hamstrings Walt Weiss, in any manager with this particular team right now is, particularly at home, if the starters don't go deep in the games, which they have not been going very deep typically, um, middle relief has been bad for the most part. And that has made it impossible to use the back end of the bullpen, which for the most part, there's been some dips, has been pretty good. So I think Ideally, what Walt Weiss would like is to not have to worry so much about that middle reliever mm-hmm. where he would get a full six, and then he could be a more traditional manager. And I think he reveled a little bit in that in San Francisco where he got to be, you know, a, a Bochi or somebody right. who, oh, this is a regular baseball game. Right. Uh, but I think you're right. I, and there's something about San Francisco and the Rockies yeah. and Walt Weiss in particular this team and Walt in particular, they love beating the Giants. And they've done it pretty well the last two years. Um, but, you know, Walt is, um, you're right, he has not said anything about his future. It's the last year of his contract. Who knows what's going to happen? They've got a tough road trip coming up here beginning next week. Uh, you know, the team's underperforming at home. I don't know what's going to happen with Walt 
but all I've ever wanted for him is to give him a slugger's chance mm-hmm. to prove himself. And and he might have that. It seems it's early. It's only it's only early May, but it seems like he might have a slugger's chance with this team at this point. Now June is their key there is their key month, so we'll see. But yeah, I mean it, it's definitely will remain an issue. Uh, with the Rockies, I mean, it's a big question. It's a, a, a thing that they're going to have to deal with at some point, whether it's during the season or after the season. But uh, it's definitely on the radar. A couple of other interesting things with the bullpen have cropped up. Let's talk about that here in a second. We'll be right back on the On the Rocks podcast. Welcome back to the On the Rocks podcast in the janitor's closet at Coors Field. I am Nick Groke. Uh, Patrick Saunders is here, Denver Post. Um, Patrick, um, the the we have not yet seen this is a, this is an improved Rockies bullpen on paper. We have not seen them at full strength this year. Jason Mott uh, has has yet to pitch in a game this year. He's getting close. He has a, a shoulder injury. Um, Miguel Castro is out. Some other some other kind of uh, rinky dink little changes, but. Right now, they are, they are going with closer Jake McGee. It's who they started with to begin the season. He's kept the job. I think he, he's blown two saves this year. It's put some fear, I think, in Rockies fans a little bit because we've seen, we've seen the bullpen fall apart in years past. Uh, it's probably a little bit quick to uh, throw him under the bus. But what, what have you seen from Jake McGee this year and his sort of position in the bullpen as a whole? Well, I think, and he's told me this, and uh, Holmes has told me this, and, and Wald has all told me this, that he tends to be a late starter. He's one of those guys who gets better as the season goes along. Velocity on his fastball goes up a little bit. His accuracy, uh, his command of his fastball goes up. So I've seen him be pretty bad sometimes, and I understand why he makes fans nervous. Although... In the last series at San Francisco, he came back after one poor outing, mm-hmm. and he came back and was lights out in a very close game. I like his mentality. Uh, he washes things off, showers well, as Clint Hurdle used to say. Uh, I think he's, he's got the competitive streak that you need. He's using his curveball a little more than in the past, which I think is good because if people in this ballpark hone in solely on your fastball, it can get you killed in a hurry. He doesn't walk a lot of guys, which is good because that's a death knell, Coors Field, if you walk too many batters. So all of those are good things. However, having said that, he does have too many base runners. And so far, I think it's kind of a mixed bag. But I'm looking forward and hoping that these predictions that we have not seen the best out of Jake McGee come true. Because I think if he falters and falters badly and Jason Mott comes back and can show that he's healthy, then they may turn to Jason Mott at some point and give him a shot at being the closer. But for right now, it's Jake McGee's. And I say, let's let's give him the benefit of the doubt in a very tough role. Uh, let's see if he can close the door a few more times, get some confidence here at Coors Field. He would like to remain the closer, although in my eyes, I don't think it would I think he's a very good pitcher, one way or the other. To use him in a high leverage situation in the eighth inning is just as valuable for the Rockies as the ninth inning. But I mean, I'm really fascinated by his curveball. Actually, he he throws. He's his history is a fastball thrower. Ninety five percent of his pitches are fastball. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Everybody knows it's coming, and he right. still gets him out with it. And even then, he's stuck with this new curveball this season. 
Uh, even when it hasn't worked, he's stuck with it. I, I expected him, if the curveball didn't work right, off, right out of the gate, he might revert to just going fastballs, fastballs. But he's stuck with it. I think that's a good thing. Some of, the, some of his issues early on might be related to that. But uh, you talked to Walt Weiss about Jake McGee today. Uh, let's hear what, what the manager had to say. It's a, it's a pretty unique role, that, that closer role. And uh, when, when, when you have a tough outing or, you, or you, you end up losing games, it's kind of, I guess it's kind of like a field goal kicker. Right. You know, everyone, everyone, everyone notices your, your misses. But um, that's why the mentality is such a big part of that role. And uh, Jake's, Jake's got the right mentality. He's uh, very level-headed. Uh, he's confident. He's got a track record to lean on. You, you, you pull up, you dig in on his numbers the last four years. It's it's big time stuff. So, um, you know, he hasn't wavered. Even through a couple of tough outings, he bounces right back. And that was that was, that was a that was a tough save. You know, that, that that last one in San Francisco, coming right back after the the day before. That that was a big one for him and for us. Darren Holmes was telling me that. You guys really encouraged him to break out the curveball a little more in spring training because we all knew he was like a 95% fastball guy. But do you see that becoming a an additional weapon for him? Yeah, no, I, I think it's, it's it's a matter of you know when to use it, um, the when and why of, of, of the curveball because you know hitters are going up there ready to hit a fastball. Right. They're hunting the fastball often. They're they're going to get a lot of them. Um, but there, there is deception. There is deception, that's, and that's why he's been successful. You know, his velocity was down a little bit, and you know, his, his his track record has been that his velocity will trend up as as the year goes on. And I think we're starting to see that. Um, but in in the meantime, I think the, the, the curveball was even more important with the velocity down a little bit, um, just to get people off his fastball. Uh, but I, th- I think, uh, you know, it was encouraging the other day. Yeah, and it's when the weather warms up. Yeah. Typically, his fastball gains some for whatever reason, and yeah. some movement, too. Yeah, for the, and, and, and the command. He, 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 dotted, he dotted some fastballs, a couple to belt to lead off the inning, and then uh, uh, the pitch he made to Pence to strike him out was one, one of the best pitches he's thrown this year. But we're seeing the command uh, tighten up a little bit, I think. Right. Um, Especially in that outing, and 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 the velocity maybe maybe starting to tick up a little bit. So Patrick, beyond beyond Jake McGee as the closer, how what what might we see down the line with this bullpen? Um, Jason Mott will be back soon. Miguel Castro, his injury is not too serious. He'll be back soon. Uh, Adam Ottavino at some point, we're going to see him. He was so aces, uh, so to speak, as the closer last year. Uh, with his slider, and uh, before he he left for Tommy John surgery, um, at some point, if everybody comes back, this is a good back of the bullpen. Um, how do you see it shaping up? And can they even get to the back of the bullpen? That's always the key. Yeah, well, right now the you know Scott Oberg has not been particularly good middle relief. Justin Miller's been eh, so so. Christian Bergman is a long relief guy. Will pitch a couple innings and then just get blown away. So the long relief in the middle of the bullpen to me is still pretty shaky. Ideally, if you get the bridge you need to get to the back of the bullpen, you got some pretty salty guys back there. You know, let's start start with Adam Ottavino. He became a fan favorite last April when he was, for a short period of time, the best closer in baseball. 
And he was. I mean, it was one month, but it was incredible. He told me today, as a matter of fact, uh, he's back after a short uh, stint off. He's back to throwing bullpens. He's doing them every other day. He's going to even ramp that up to where he's throwing uh, maybe four or five times a week. Uh, he is throwing that great slider. He's not breaking it hard yet, but he says whatever fears in the back of his mind about throwing a tough slider after Tommy John surgery, he's going to put away because he is bound and determined to become a great pitcher again. We talk about all the time, well, when's he coming back? When's the pinpoint day? He's not going to put that on there, and no, neither are the Rockies. My guess is, and you and I have talked about this, I would guess sometime around, maybe a little before, but more likely a little after the All-Star break, we'll see him back for the Rockies. Now, does that automatically put him back in the closers role? Probably not. I could see him being weaned back into that position over the course of the summer, and maybe by the end of the year he gets it back. But if he doesn't, it's not the end of the world. And remember, they gave him a three-year deal mm -hmm. in the midst or after Tommy John surgery, so they believe in him. He could be the closer of the future. He could be the seventh or eighth inning guy of the future. Uh, but it'll be nice to see because I think anybody who knows him knows he's not just a good pitcher. He's a interesting, wonderful, funny intelligent guy and so i'm really rooting for adam Adovino. yeah he's very smart and it'll that will serve him well coming back from tommy john because you kind of have to feel your way you exactly. have to smart your way back kind of how tyler chatwood has done we'll we'll, uh, we'll be right back here on the on the rocks podcast we'll uh, have a, some quick quick predictions here real fast uh, stay tuned Back on the On the Rocks podcast in the janitor's closet. Uh, Patrick Saunders, the Rockies have a very difficult road trip coming up. They go St. Louis, Pittsburgh, Boston for a rare series at Fenway Park. Uh, what is a good road outcome for them? They just won 6 of 10 through Arizona, San Diego, and San Francisco. East Coast road trips are just as difficult for them, though, in their history. Uh, what is a good outcome? What, what should they aim for? What is realistic, and what do you think will happen? All right, let's say... Realistically, if they could come off that nine-game swing east, four and five, I think they'd take it. The problem is, and this has been the case for as long as I've been covering the team, they go on that east swing, and for whatever reason, the bats go cold. Uh, they make mistakes. Guys tend to get hurt. I don't know why, but realistically, I could see – I hate to say this, a one and eight, two and seven road trip. Mm. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen, but they're going three very difficult places to play where historically they don't play well. Um, so four and five would be great. A winning road trip would prove to me that they're around for the long haul. Mm -hmm. But my guess is it's going to be south of four wins. This road trip, I'm sorry, I'm a little bit pessimistic about it. They, they were swept already at Coors Field by the Pirates. Um, the Cardinals are an excellent team, and the Red Sox are leading their division. Um, if they can win one series, I think it, it would be good. And they've done really well on the road so far. They've pitched well on the road. They have not hit well on the road, which is something that they always struggle with on the road. But uh, definitely some interesting things to uh, look forward to here in the next uh, week for the Rockies. Uh, keep uh, checking back at denverpost.com. Uh, we'll be back with another On the Rocks podcast, maybe, hopefully, from the janitor's closet at Coors Field. Uh, Patrick Saunders, I'm Nick Groke. Uh, thanks for tuning in.